raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Friday. Happy No Rules Friday. On Wesson Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We always appreciate you joining us for the next three hours every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. And we want to hear from you on the text line 704-570-9610. I got all hot angry because of the Vlad Guerrero topic, which really had no bearing on what's going on in sports right now. I was just asked about Vlad Guerrero, and anytime I'm asked about him, I always remember that he was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I do want to lead off by asking, what is an athlete that you have an irrational caping for? Where it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but you love him, you would die for that athlete if it meant protecting what kind of respect that that athlete might have 704-570-9610 got on my soapbox for one vladimir guerrero there's there's a lot to get to today though uh wes has a transformer question for everyone coming up a little bit later as well we've got a whole bunch of topics we've got strong take or strong toke thank you salty pirate for helping us create a segment we created it we have an open we have questions you will tell us if it's a strong take or if somebody needs to stay off the weed, such as Stephen A. Smith would say. Let's get to all of that. Pulling up to the scene. Fiddy, go ahead and open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can it. Should we start with some baseball and make fun of Fiddy? Should we make fun of Fiddy to get off of the bus, Wes? I know Anytime. you want to start with baseball. But Fiddy's Mets... They had the lead yesterday to avoid the sweep from the Atlanta Braves. But instead, Ozzie Albies hits a walk-off home run to complete the sweep of the New York Mets. And I believe they're now eight games above the New York Mets in the NL East division. You had the lead, Fitty. I just want to ask you one question. How much did losing that game bring back some painful memories and bring back your hatred of the World Baseball Classic, watching you guys just completely blow it. Yeah, I mean, it was, first off, it was expected because they blew leads Tuesday night and Wednesday night as well. But man, like last night, I really asked myself, why did I let this sport take 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 heart take hold of my heart again mm-hmm. because uh and we still got 90 more of these things to go so there's a long way to go but last night that was that was their season like you blow you've blown three straight leads of three runs or more for the first time ever not even the 1962 Mets that lost 120 games the most in MLB history blew those types of leads on three straight nights so it's putrid. It's pathetic. Should Fitty be worrying all that much, Wes? How many games do they have left? Uh, they got about 237. So they still have so plenty of time. Yeah, they they'll plenty, be all right. They have plenty of time to make up the ground with 237 games left. We can give you a baseball sound by two from Buck Showalter reacting to getting swept by Atlanta. 
think tonight's game was an indication of that. And the second game here, and the first game here, guys came in here and competed there as good as you want to see. You know, scored 10 runs tonight against one of the best pitchers in the league, and uh, I'm real proud of them. You know, there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of opportunities there to pull the tent. These guys aren't going to do that. And, you know, Pete being down, and they don't... I'm proud of them. I look at it as positive, other than, uh, you know, we just ran out of, couldn't get out. Ran out used every bullet we had, or era, I'll use that word, but uh, just couldn't uh, get that last out. We got a check swing that was obviously a swing that we didn't get called, so that's kind of how things are going. Them hits the ball right on the button, and it curves back to the second baseman. So, you know, we scored 10 runs, so I was, I was proud of that. The guys kept uh, punching back, and... Uh, so that's a positive. Well, How so much matter does that make you, Fitty, when you hit that? <laughs> Am I allowed to go foul line, like, right off the rip? Like, is like is that okay? Wes, I, I'll ask you. We, we got some topics in. D- d- does he need to be going to the foul line because of some excessive behavior here? Do you want to put Fitty on the foul line? Well, we could, but I think the fact that they have 334 games left, uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, he can probably just take a chill pill, but I don't want to manager has to say something like that after a loss that's got to make you even matter yeah it's got to go, go ahead fitty you can go like a little mini maybe you don't maybe you just have a little tirade to the side <laughs> to the side of the court but we actually don't send you to the foul line i didn't see this tweet so like i woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom like i just checked twitter and i saw this quote and maybe i'm overreacting but i don't think i am that's that's a fireball quote right there how do you say you are proud of your team? It's a weird quote. In a losing effort three straight nights where your decisions from the bullpen and how you manage the game cost your team the game all three nights. Dude, I love Buck Showalter. I love him. He's one of the best minds in baseball. He should be fired. His team has quit on him, and you cannot sit up there after you've lost six straight games and said, yeah, I'm proud of him. I'd have been more proud of you if you'd have thrown that Ronald Acuna Jr. the other night after he after we after they belted Pete Alonso. Um, Wes, I want to go to you for some quick baseball analysis before we move on. What do you make of Buck Showalter's quote that he's proud of his team after a sweep by a division rival? <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's <laughs> it's just lack of self awareness, and any fan of this team would have to be just furious after hearing something like that. And this guy, Buck Showalter, you're talking about a guy that he gets fired, gets a job five minutes later. And I know Mm -hmm. he's legendary in a lot of aspects, but still making a comment like that after your team gets swept is just asinine. I got to be honest. Anytime I think of Buck Showalter, I think of the Baltimore Orioles play-in game, win and you're in. And he put in Ubaldo Jimenez with a horrific ERA that season, did not go to Zach Britton. They lose, and so does Baltimore as far as their chances of winning World Series. That's what I think of with Buck Showalter. Um, I wonder what we're going to be thinking about whenever we talk about Zion Williamson going forward. (laughs) It used to be a dominant freshman season at Duke it used to be how injury prone he is but when he's on the court the dude is flat out fantastic <laughs> a, a shack level score at that size just kind of a shack light if he were to be a beer right now I don't know if you're going to be thinking of any of those things first and foremost when Zion comes up in conversation do we have more drama to speak of with Zion West yeah I mean another woman I think her name is Yamil or Emil Taylor uh, came out, had the screenshot of Zion sleep in the bed, talking about oh, no. and be laying around sleeping comfortably, knowing you have bleeps pregnant. Uh, oh, no. Disgusted. 
Listen, this is what I said, and I came to an epiphany on this as well. Zion has gone through his whole life, probably since the time he was eight or nine. He's been beloved. And I know that he's had some adversity because of the injuries and people talk about his weight. But he's been beloved. And Zion is a big kid. And this is his first grown man problem. And I think for him, hopefully we'll see if this is a watershed moment for him in his life. But this is his first real grown man issue because this has been one of the most beloved athletes, even though the school that he went to made him somewhat hated. But this is just the things that you go through when you're a young man worth about $200 million. The women are going to come around. There's going to be a lot of temptation, and he's falling victim to it. There's no question about it. So hopefully he learns. Keep it honest. Keep it true. Stop telling these girls you're going to do this and that and how much you love them and you're going to be doing all this and then you got other women pregnant and things no, of that no. nature. Just handle your business. Keep it honest. And I think his life will be a whole lot more simplistic. I hope that Zion will be okay after all of this, but it doesn't look like social media is going to be okay <laughs> for him. Everybody, yeah, is. they're having a great time with this. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. And um, I hope that nothing like this happens to any Charlotte Hornets either, right? Because... That would be something that is a real problem going forward. What are you thinking about? Well, Wes? it's funny because Lamelo tweeted out uh, pictures, uh, put pictures of Instagram on Instagram of him and his new lady, and she looks a lot, uh, a lot like the women Zion's been uh, gallivanting with. I remember you liked that word yesterday. Looks a lot like that as well. But I'm not going to pass judgment on the young lady. There's no children to be. Uh, to be shown yet, and there's no there's, women coming out right now mad at LaMelo, so he's good for now. No, we're good. We don't have a Twitter tantrum, so we're all yeah. good. It's fine. He can do whatever he wants to, and he is out there in Europe right now living his best life. That he is. What He went to go see AC Milan, correct? He went to that soccer game, if I'm not mistaken. And he's on his European tour with Puma. And Wu-Tang. And Wu Tang. Did you, did you well. see that? <laughs> yes. you, you are living your best life if you have that photo going around. You're going to soccer games, being very close to the field, if I remember the video correctly, mm -hmm. and also taking pictures with Ghostface and Inspector Deck. Yeah, and then you release your third signature shoe, the Mellow Ball. Well, not releasing it, but you show it for the first time. You can check it out on the Wesson Walker Twitter. We've got it there. We've got it on the WFNZ um, Instagrams as well, and that Twitter. You can check out the new shoe there. See what you think of it. It looks very similar to the last model that came out. But this first one that he's unveiling, there's a lot going on there. I'm not necessarily feeling this one. I want to see some more colorways oh, of it. Oh, you don't it, like this one. This one is like the thermal thermal imaging 3000s is what these yeah, look like. <laughs> yeah, so I want I would like for uh, people to chime in. Go check it out. Tell us what you think because, like I said, Charlotte athletes, we haven't had many that have had their own signature shoe, especially with their name on it. We had Grandmama. Cam had a shoe briefly with Under Armour, and now we have Mello. I know Alonzo has some shoes that were kind of sort of his, but we haven't had many, folks. So check it out. Let us know what you think. But this first one that he's unveiling, I'm not a big fan of. Well, I like him. I did make the, I did make the joke on Twitter that it looks like these were created through the lens of what Predator sees. Yes, it does. That is a very astute observation. I do like them, though. I would okay. wear them. And I you copping? No, I'm not going to buy them. Okay. But I like them from afar. <laughs> That's fine. I do want to get to some of the text messages that came in about some of the athletes that you cape for as much as anyone. 704 gave us a weird one. Trey came up with Marcus Mariota. 
my all-time favorite college player. Wow. Thought he was going to show out in the NFL, but it hasn't panned out. Hopefully he has a Geno Smith type resurgence. These are the types of athletes that I want. Even if they haven't, you can go with somebody that's great and underrated, or you just have some irrational some irrational confidence. I'd go uh, Peter Warwick for mine. I thought when he came into the league, he was going to rip it up. And it's not his fault, right? Like, we have irrational confidence that everything happened around him is everybody else's fault. Well, and then you run a 4.6940. Yeah, that's not very good. But it's not his (laughs) fault. Again, it's not. Uh, K.W. Hancock. I've been calling him Quancock for a while, but we're going to go with K.W. Hancock because I believe that's how you pronounce it. John Elway was his hero. I have rookie cards, jerseys, Stanford and Broncos. The Charlotte Observer sports page when he finally won the Super Bowl and an autographed football. So John Elway is his guy. Um, And then we got to some other texts. Somebody called Zion the new Sean Kemp. Yeah, it's it's happening right now. There's a lot of guys you can compare him to in those aspects, but he hadn't gotten that many kids yet. Uh, Copeland, a.k.a. Jokeland, said Zion is a Zyconic figure. (laughs) Do we have, if anybody finds themselves in this situation again, will will we call them Zyconic? Maybe so. Maybe yeah. that's what we can roll with. I appreciate that, Copeland. All right, let's transition. Let's go to Jake Fisher, Yahoo Sports, on Twitter at Jake L. Fisher, one of the guys that has really been tapped into the Hornets organization for the last couple of years. He's got great information, so we thought, let's go get him. We're talking to him coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Conversation has been surrounding who the Charlotte Hornets are going to take at number two overall. The NBA draft taking place June 22nd. Is it going to be Scoot? Is it going to be Brandon Miller? We'll talk more about it right here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Jake Fisher, a renaissance man, covers the NBA for many publications, including Yahoo Sports, also author of Built to Lose, how the NBA's tanking era changed the league forever and you should follow him on twitter at jake l fisher jake thank you so much for the time how are you doing well how are you and we're doing well jake but real quickly before we get into the draft we were asking before you came on about athletes you irrationally make excuses for they're your favorite athlete ever (laughs) there is zero objective stance you take because it's just all bias is there an athlete for you that comes to mind um i'm a big eagles fan and for a while you could tell me no wrong about Deshaun Jackson, and then he uh, took a little took a little spill over the deep end. So I kind of had to get off that that uh, that corner. 
Okay, Deshaun Jackson is the guy. That's a good one. We've got some weird ones, and Deshaun Jackson is up there, but, man, he was awesome. He would fly down the field. And so I like Deshaun Jackson being the first one that we can reference here. I do want to go to whether one of these guys can be that type of player for the Charlotte Hornets fans. Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. It's going to be a race between these two for who is the number two overall pick for the Charlotte Hornets. A lot of mock drafts are pointing towards Brandon Miller, Jake. Is that how you see it as you start to dig deep covering the NBA? You know, I think any mock draft and any person outside of Charlotte, and even in Charlotte, who tells you they know what the Hornets are going to do, they're jumping the gun a little bit early here. Um, the Thompson Twins, I know, are in, were in there yesterday. I think they're still working out and visiting today. Um, they'll have both Brandon and Scoot in over the next couple of days. And I think after this franchise and their personnel get to figure out a little bit more about these guys in close, get to see them measure um, get to interview them and have them in their building, have some meals with them, then I think we'll start to really have a true understanding. So anyone who's just slating Brandon Miller in it too, I think that's probably like at best guesswork at this moment, and we'll have to see as things get closer if that starts to change. Well, and Jake, well, one question I have, we've been covering the Hornets a lot too since we're obviously in the city. It seems national pundits – have a hard time getting sources from the organization. Honestly, Jake, you're one of the guys that have been covering the Hornets and coming up with intel. That's correct for quite some time. It does feel like, I mean, it's true. I mean, everything else that we see, it's just so hard to feel like the Hornets actually leak anything out. How tough is it to crack into the code for the Hornets compared to other NBA franchises? Is this a franchise you feel like is pretty tight lipped for the most part? It's interesting. Every local fan base likes to think that their front office is the most ironclad and they're the ones who never leak anything and no one knows what's going on in that team. But the, the problem is is that for, for, for teams who are trying to work in total secrecy, and there are there are ones that do. And Charlotte, I think, um, it's, it's a little bit more challenging than others, but I think it's always possible to try to reroute and reconfigure what a team's line of thinking is by looking at every situation in the context of the overall marketplace. So with Charlotte at two compared to, you know, Portland at three and, you know, they're going to be teams who are calling both teams trying to figure out what the trade valuation is of each of those picks. Or you got players and their people and their college coaches and their agents and financial advisors who all have vested interests in them going two and three and they're sharing information. So, it's kind of about like looking at all different vantage points of each situation and just asking as many people as you can what type of little context they can they can provide and hopefully piece by piece you start to be able to put together the bigger puzzle. Jake, could one of the Thompson twins be actually good enough to persuade the Hornets to trade down? I mean, they're there, so clearly they're giving them a shot. I think Cam Whitmore is also going to be someone they bring in and really look at, but from every talent evaluator I've spoken to, any scout that's been doing this for a while, whose opinion I trust, you'd be kind of crazy not to take one of those two guys. Whether there's some type of medical red flag that comes up, or if Brandon Miller's background and his incident with you know that gun charge and that old um, unfortunate event that led to someone's death in Alabama, like if that's too much for this, you know, typically conservative front office to bring in when you also have to factor in they're most likely going to be re-signing and bringing back Miles Bridges in some capacity after he obviously sat the year following some pretty dark 
domestic violence allegations, that could be something that sways their way. So, so could those things ultimately push them in a different direction? Maybe, but from a pure basketball talent standpoint and what these prospects bring, what they can do and how they're projecting, it seems pretty clear that Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller are going two and three in some order. And we've seen different things about the fit, and we know if they decided to go with Brandon Miller, and let's say they kept Terry Rozier. So Terry and Scoot are both 6'2 combo guards, but where do you feel like the Hornets would upgrade from having a, a proven veteran like Rozier to a young guy like Scoot besides the youth and the salary that they make? Yeah, I mean, as much as Terry's name has come up a lot in trade talk over the recent years from the people I do know in Charlotte, they're all pretty high on him as a locker room guy, as someone who can both be a stretch shooter when he needs to move off the ball. And if someone like obviously Lamella, but the minute they've been able to give James Booknight to give other young guards like McGowan's opportunities to play in, you know, the stretch run of last season, that, that ability to be versatile and provide different looks for them. They like, but I think also the fact that he has been such a good veteran presence for that group is something that I, I don't think the Hornets take lightly. Jake Fisher joining us right here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Jake, I did want to ask about another player you actually just mentioned. Miles Bridges, still not signed with the Charlotte Hornets. We do know about the suspension for him. 30 games, including 20 from last year. He'll miss the 10 next games coming up at the start of this upcoming season. Do you expect Miles Bridges to be back on the Hornets roster? And if so, is there any sense of an expected contract value? I do expect him to be back. That's something that from – that was one of the consistent words that came up at the Combine in Chicago in mid-May, so about three weeks ago. Um, and all along, I mean, there hasn't been a ton of belief that other teams would be trying to really be creative and aggressive and, and, and bringing him on after what uh, pulled him off the court last summer. So I think to the second part of the question – I would, I would expect he's going to get something of four years. I think they'll give him a legitimate long-term second contract off the rookie deal that the team would have given him prior to all of what has unfolded. But it's not going to be I, – I really don't believe it'll be close to the maximum salary he was going to be coveting. Um, I mean, this time last year, if, if he didn't have missteps, let's say, and just stayed in Charlotte and it was – locked in the gym and working out last year, he would have signed probably a five-year, I forget what the number was off the top of my head, but something close to 180, I believe. Now I think, it's, uh, this is just making an educated guess, but I think somewhere for 100 would probably be the maximum range I could see him getting, something along those lines. Well, and, and not even just the NBA draft with the number two overall pick. Plenty of storylines surrounding this organization, including the report that we got Michael Jordan might just sell the franchise or at least a majority sure. stake. Gabe Plotkin, also Rich Schnall, reportedly a couple of the uh, of the guys that might be intrigued with this organization. But where do we stand on that as you see it right now, Jake? I mean, when could this thing happen where Michael Jordan sells a majority stake? Um, is that still a little bit further down the line? You know, I wish I had more updated info for that mm-hmm. on you guys. I, I definitely asked someone this week, and I talked to someone about it who suggested to me that maybe things could pick up steam as the draft gets closer, just because, by all accounts, Rick Schnall was someone who was pretty involved in the basketball operations in Atlanta, and if they're about to take over this asset, that in totality is likely going to be valued at over $3 billion. You think the number two pick in a draft with these top three 
you know, type talents that everyone has been talking as, as a, such a surefire consensus, like we mentioned earlier, you'd think you'd want to have some, you know, presence from that new ownership group in the war room come draft night. But at this point, I, I don't have anything more concrete for you guys, unfortunately. No, you're good. Jake Fisher with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, senior NBA reporter for Yahoo Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Jake L. Fisher. And Jake, so going back to these prospects, and they talk about the leadership of Scoot Henderson and some of the qualities he has in that respect. Just are those type of traits just what a locker room like the Hornets need? I think so. I mean, look, there has not been a true development of a winning culture in Charlotte right now. And that can get a little overblown, um, I think, from critics of rebuilding type situations. But if you look at what the Oklahoma City Thunder did this season, a lot of people there credited their success and their jump into the playing tournament for establishing like groundwork and fabrics of what they wanted to do and winning tendencies and, and years prior. And Sure, they, the, the Hornets have made their own appearance in the play-in last year, but there, there, there haven't been like a consistent building of tendencies and winning tendencies where, remember that last year under James Borrego, and this was not a shot at Borrego at all, because I think it's more of a reflection on the young, inexperienced personnel that Charlotte has. They were 0-7 in overtime games in the 21-22 season. That, that's a number that stuck to sticks in my head when it comes to like the, the a, a crunch time game. The score is knotted, the pressure is on, and they were not able to deliver. And that staggering streak. It's something that's going to take time to grow and having someone like Sue Henderson who scouts and people who have been around him all talk about very highly from a maturity standpoint, a winning standpoint. Yeah, it could pay big dividends. If the Hornets do decide to trade this pick in an alternate universe, so to speak, who should be their number one target? Oof. I mean... To get someone who should be their number one target, they're going to have to add more than the number two pick, whether that's future picks or some young talent already on their roster. Like, because Portland right now at three, for them to get someone like Pascal Siakam or Bradley Beal, those are kind of the names that people in the league are, are, are looking at as potential, you know, upper talent level, but actually available players. They're going to, the Blazers are going to have to put three plus Anthony Simons plus other things on, on, the, on the board. So, Charlotte would probably have to give up more players as well. But, I mean, look, if if they really were dead set on going big fish hunting and who could they get with a number two pick, even if they had to add more, the call has to be to New Orleans and see if they're willing to listen on Zion Williamson. I, I would think a Carolina guy who hasn't exactly had a straightforward situation for himself with the Pelicans, that would be my first call. Zion Williamson and all the Twitter. You're, you're telling me the Twitter. <laughs> does the Twitter thread come with it, or can we put that in the contract that there's no more of the Snapchat? I think there's always opportunities to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> That's a clause, man. No more Snapchat messaging for Zion Williamson. I did want to ask you one more thing about a free agent here, Jake, before we got you out of here. PJ Washington, really interesting situation there, too, because we know that he was seeking reportedly around $20 million annually. We do know that PJ, certainly defensively, plays a big part with this team. Do you expect him to come back to Charlotte? And so I'll ask you something similar with Miles. What do you see with the contract value there? I think he'll be back if there's a team that throws an offer sheet at him that's around four years, 60. I think the closer you get to 20 million, that would make Charlotte start to have to 
hesitate being that they are going to pay bridges in all likelihood to some capacity. Um, they want to bring back Dennis Smith to what I've been told and LaMelo is, you know, extension eligible and barring some drastic tenor events, he's going to be getting a lot, a lot of money. Sure enough, this is going to be an expensive team in the blink of an eye. And I I think that's part of where uh, a cap probably lies on TJ's number for Charlotte. But off the top of my head from just putting together the pieces, I'd say something in that range, Charlotte would have no problem matching from what I believe. Any teams you expect to give PJ an offer sheet outside of Charlotte? I don't have like an updated list for you, but one thing I'll say is Miami has always been a team that's been linked to him and having interest in him. And clearly it's been shown in this finals, the fact that they needed to put Kevin Love, they got on a buyout and their starting lineup to combat them for size. So they've been looking for a four-man next to Dan Adebayo all along. And if PJ can be that guy, maybe he also can play some backup five and Bam goes to the bench. That could be an interesting addition for them. I could see it. It's great stuff from Jake Fisher. Covers the NBA for not only Yahoo Sports, not only No Cap Room, also Ball Don't Lie. He even wrote a book, Built to Lose, how the <laughs> NBA's tanking era changed the league forever. You can. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, Jake. Uh, follow this guy on Twitter at Jake L. Fisher. We'll let him go. We appreciate all of his work talking about not only PJ, not only Miles Bridges, the second overall pick, Brandon Miller, mock drafts, throw him in the trash because nobody knows anything. We have a lot to dissect from what we just got from one Jake. What is the comment that stood out most to you with everything that he had to say about this organization? The trade for Zion Williamson. And not for reasons you would think. Well, for me, (laughs) yeah, and it's, it's interesting because Zion Williamson is so in the news right now. It's also an opinion, it seemed like, with Jake and these guys that come in that have so much intel around the league. It, their opinions always mean something. It's almost like the Brian Windhorse effect. Hey, what does this mean? Why did he say this? We could play that game. The opinion is interesting, but also Miami. We talk about Hornets and Heat culture. Heat culture wants to take some of the guys from a Hornets culture, right? And yeah. PJ, I think that's interesting. The Miles contract value, we still just have no clue how much he's going to get, but he doesn't expect it to get anywhere close to a $30 million a year dollar yeah, value. Yeah, but then when he said four for 100, I was still like, wow, like I didn't even expect it to be in that range. Yeah, I've always said I have zero clue. I just don't know what precedent to go off of. It could Is it 15? At some point, somebody is just going to want him for the talent on the discount. They're going to use this as an advantage. And while it might be gross, that's exactly what other NBA teams would do. And I will say, just continuing to talk about the second overall pick, not surprised, but it's nice to hear or interesting to hear from a Jake Fisher. The mock drafts, man, it lines up with my way of thinking. Sure. Every source that a mock draft will put out there with Brandon Miller going to the Charlotte Hornets, it's always been outside sources. Every single one of them. All signs point towards Brandon Miller. Why? Because you think he's the best fit and you're getting sources from Chicago telling you what they think. Like I, Charlotte's not telling you what they think. So it's still up in the air. 50-50 could be either one of these guys. Yeah, it could be. And so you just have to keep waiting and seeing what it's going to be. All these visits this weekend are going to play into it as well. 
the Thompson twins. It's intriguing. It'll be interesting, as we said yesterday, to see the storylines that will come from each visit from these prospects. I'm sure the agent is already feeding, hey, Hornets really like the Thompson twins. Yep. Watch out for our men. You they know, could trade down. You know their agent is going to be putting that out there mm-hmm. to Shams. You know Woj is going to be putting that out there. And we'll all be running crazy around here yep. in Charlotte for at least a couple of days. I'm in. Speaking of crazy, I saw what you did. I'll give it. <laughs> but speaking of crazy... You know what we got to go to? What? Got to go to Fitty. Oh! For his first flash of the day. What okay. you got, Fitty? It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Wow. Walker, I wanted to update you. Mm-hmm. Djokovic on to the French Open final. He's moving on, huh? He took him down 6-1 in that fourth and final set. Dude, Alcaraz is going to be a great player. He's already won a major. He's going to win many majors. But Djokovic has reminded the tennis world, without Rafael Nadal and Roland Garros, the sport still runs through him. It's it's the way that he won. It did not seem like much of a battle, especially in the last set they played. What did he end up, end up winning that last set? It was 6-1. It was 6-1. Yeah. yeah, so at first we saw it, it was 4-0, and then it was 6-1. He's going to win another one, and we're really going to have to start talking about him, whether he's the GOAT, if we're not already doing it. I've already welcomed him to that conversation. I know people love Roger Federer. He plays the beautiful game. Mm -hmm. He's technically the most sound, but what am I supposed to do? He came in at the same time, I mean, later, but he still played Federer and Nadal at the peak of their powers. He still had that, and now his longevity is also going into a very distant future. He doesn't even have many French Opens, but if he adds even one of those, right? He's his third. It's crazy, man. Yeah, tennis might be the one sport where your best player doesn't have the most majors. Oh, you're talking about with Federer. Because that's where, or because you think Federer is going to be the best of all time. I still think Federer is the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. He obviously doesn't have the most majors. Y'all know what I think about Serena. I don't think she's the greatest of all time tied for the most majors so yeah it's it's definitely interesting um but yeah uh i have to argue with you a lot about djokovic i also have to argue at home because my girlfriend says roger federer is the best of all time so i can't escape it wes will you get on my wagon at least saying djokovic is the best of all time yeah i will i'll okay. join you thank you all right go Joker. i wake up <laughs> great dude great wes was cheering the djokovic win now he's on the air hating on tennis it's okay, but he's pulling for Joker, uh, the the different Joker outside of Nicola, though. So it's okay. We can pull for all the Jokers out there. Big Joker, little Joker. It sounds like we're playing spades over here. All right, that'll do it for coming up. The last segment will be the last segment for the first hour. We'll get to that in just a moment on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Lots of round ball discussion. I have word from my sources. Jake, you're not the only one, buddy. I got some sources, too. My sources tell me that they're putting up the Jake interview as we speak, or we're working on it. So we're going to have that for you on the website, WFNZ.com. Very easy. Just go to the Wes and Walker tab, and you will find out everything about the Charlotte Hornets' number two overall pick, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, their free agent status, even Dennis Smith Jr. The Hornets hope to bring him back. How does that affect a crowded backcourt if you draft Scoot Henderson? How does the front court? how does that affect it if you draft Brandon Miller? Lots of great stuff there. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers conversation. Talk about this young core. Seth Walder wrote an article, part of ESPN+. And anytime you're talking Seth Walder, this is going to be someone that discusses analytics so for all of you old heads that hate all the numbers and advanced stats you might not like the panthers core as it relates to what the advanced stats might say about the carolina panthers i'm actually having trouble pulling it up right now but the carolina panthers core fitty i know you put this in there as well what did you think of the ranking that seth walter have fitty doesn't know the ranking either what would you say about the carolina panthers score <laughs> as we start to try to find this article because my internet's not working uh i think that the carolina panthers core right now is under construction that's the best way i would give it to you because you've got a good rookie quarterback with a lot of promises coming in already showing what he can do then if you talk about the quarter offense i guess you have to add miles sanders to that even though he hasn't played it down yet uh for the panthers and then brian burns Derek Brown, J.C. Horn. So I do think the Panthers do have a really good young core. It's flawed, but of course, everybody's is going to be to an extent. The roster core is ranked at 23. And Seth Walter has Bryce Young, Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown, and Taylor Moten as the guys he would consider the core of the team. The average age is 24.8, 25 if you want to round up. And he says the four names after Young are good to very good players, either entering their prime or are in their prime, but none are truly elite at their respective positions. So it's hard to see Carolina being any higher here with a totally unproven quarterback, even if he was the number one overall pick in April. I think this is fair. As much as I like J.C. Horn, we can talk about the shutdown corner, whether they exist, whether he is one, if shutdown corners exist. I would not put him as a top five corner as it stands right now. Part of that is because of his health. Part of that is because you got a lot of great corners in the NFL. So J.C. Horn might be the guy that you would go to. I would not call Brian Burns elite right now. I think that's reserved for top five Bosa Parsons. We've talked about that quite a bit. Taylor Moten, 27th in PFF. Icky might surpass him. You'd love that if the left tackle first round pick surpassed Taylor Moten because he's going to be rock solid over there on the right side. And then we'll see about Bryce Young. Wes, like if we are to discuss who has the best potential to re, uh, reach what you would consider elite status, does Bryce Young give you the most confidence in that regard? Yeah, I think Bryce Young without a doubt because he's already coming in and has been everything we thought thus far. Now when the pads come on and they start playing the games, we shall see. But I don't think there will be uh, much of a difference. And I think this year will really give fans some insight as to, to, to the type of player he can become because it's not like – we're putting him out there with Devontae Adams on one side and uh, Cooper Cup on the other side and whoever you want at wide receiver. And he, and he does have a Pro Bowl running back at his disposal. But as I said, it's not like he's lining up with just elite weapons across the board and it's going to be easy street for him. Like anything Bryce Young gets this season, he's going to have to earn it. And I think that's going to really 
uh, start to make his reputation that of one who is a quarterback that can do a lot with a little. He does have a solid core. But again, as I said, this is a core that's not going to scare a lot of teams. So if he's coming in throwing up 250 plus every week, throwing touchdowns, limiting the turnovers, I think you have to really be excited about that because then you're like, man, once we really start to get the young skill guys around him, or even if you go out and big game hunting, as we talked about in an earlier segment, if you want to go and do that, then he's really going to be able to light teams up. So being ranked 23, they're behind Tennessee at 22. L.A., the Rams are at 21. The Denver Broncos are at 20, and then just one for good measure. Pittsburgh is there at 19 overall when considering the core. I think for me, if you wanted to move Carolina up, the argument would be that these guys are pretty entrenched with this organization. Bryce Young just drafted him, not going anywhere. Brian Burns, you just turned down a godfather offer of picks, two first-rounders, even a second-rounder. Brian Burns is going to get paid, not going anywhere. Feel very strongly about Derek Brown and J.C. Horn sticking around here long-term. If you don't have J.C. Horn as a starting corner, who you got? Because Dante Jackson is not that guy. So I feel very good about these guys being Panthers for a very long time. Going to Tennessee, I don't feel good about Ryan Tannehill being there for a long time. I don't feel good about Derrick Henry being there for a long time as he was already in some trade rumors. As good as he is, is he going to stick around in Tennessee for quite some time? You go to the L.A. Rams. What a weird window they have because Aaron Donald, there's been retirement conversation around him. Was he just going to hang it up after the Super Bowl after a bad year? Right. So the Rams are above them. Even Denver. Are you just going to hold on to Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton after they were involved in some trade talks this offseason, and their average core age is three years older than what the Carolina Panthers have right now, or a couple of two and a half, I should say. Yeah, I think that's the argument. If you wanted to move Carolina up, and part of your foundation rankings are guys that are going to be the foundation for a long time, if you had a problem with them being so low, I think that would be your argument. Yeah, and I think when you look at Denver there, Russell Wilson, as they said, a lot hinges on it. Certainly it should after the year that he had. Pat Sertain... Sertan is the real deal. But then Jerry Judy, he's still a guy that hasn't lived up to his reputation. And I do like him, though. Court, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was an 800-yard receiver, only two touchdowns last year. And then Justin Simmons, he is a really good safety, but albeit this is one of the lower-valued positions on the football field, the safety position. So I think they might have overvalued Denver just a little bit. But, again, they are at 20. And so this ranking is going to depend on a lot of what Russell Wilson does. Then the Rams, like I said, they're done. They could have been lower in my book, but I get it. Aaron Donald, Stafford's won a ring, Cooper Cup. But the Titans are another team, as you said, that they could go over. But another team that I look at, now the defensive guys on their squad, T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward are all some of the best at their positions. But George Pickens is still a guy that he showed flashes last year, but he hasn't established himself. He's a good good rookie rookie last year, yeah. And then Kenny Pickett still has a ton to prove. Uh, this season so I think the Pittsburgh Steelers might have been a bit overvalued as well it's why I stopped at Detroit who's 18th yeah because their average age is actually a little younger than Carolina's Jared Goff even if you don't believe in him the guy improved quite a bit last season and they also have Amon Ross St. Brown one of the best young wide receivers in the game they just added Aiden Hutchinson the number two overall pick who had a very good rookie season And then your offensive line is very good. Jamison Williams is questionable because of the suspension. Because of the injury. Still a really talented wide receiver. Sure. So 
you have to love what Detroit, at least offensively, is doing. In fact, the defensive side of the ball is the reason Detroit is as low as they are. That's why I can't put Carolina above them. But top 20? Yeah, you could say top 20 right now. And we know that Carolina is going to continue to add to this roster. And if you want to go best coaching staffs, Carolina would probably be top five in best coaching staffs, even if you don't have Frank Reich as a top five head coach in the league. Just all the power they have, all the great minds, all the experience, all of the innovation. Yeah, I don't mind putting their coaching staff in the top five in the NFL. If you want to count that as a foundation. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I could go that. I mean, I like what they look like on paper. But again, a lot of these coaches, Frank Reich is coming off of being a fired football coach because regardless of what the scenario was, he, Mm -hmm. he did fail. So I think until we see what they do with this Panthers roster, I can't give them that type of reverence just yet. Um, I'd probably put them somewhere middle of the pack until we see what they can do with this team. Well, if you put them middle of the pack, let's just say 15, you think that's a strong toke rather than a strong take. To say that you are that to they say are the top, top five. five yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big toke. All right. To go, you like, oh, yeah, I think they're top five. Is that what people sound like? Yeah, when they take the hit and they start talking. <laughs> sound like you were out of sound like you got hit. Yeah, when, like they, yeah when, they, hit. when they take the pool and then they talk for a second to let it sit there. All right, well, let's talk about some more strong takes or strong tokes. <laughs> a new segment. Shall we? Thanks to Salty Pirate. Coming up next on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.